Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman Beyond podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 88, The Winning Edge and Spellbound. Hi, pals. We're uh, back again. Hi, I'm we Al. We are back again. I, I said I'm Al. Sorry. You oh, I'm right. Maggie. Yes, Sorry. That's all right. After you. Try, no, no, after trying you. Trying to set you. No, I insist. No. <laughs> and we are here to tell you about uh, the first week of the show that uh, we're not super excited about, I would mm-hmm. say. Would you agree with I that? I mean, these weren't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but they were certainly, like, I had the thought while we were watching these, hey, it was really hard for me to pick, or it was really easy to pick a uh, bad thing this week. Yeah, and the last couple of weeks we have had trouble thinking of any at all because yeah, it's, it's just, been exemplary. I noticed that this episode had no Superman in it, and it probably would have been better if it had had some Superman in but it. But, like, actually toward the end of Superman, we hit a run of episodes where we weren't crazy about mm-hmm. them, but... Yeah. Still a, a a bad Superman episode. Still a pretty good episode of a mm-hmm. just a, a cartoon in general. So you know, and same same applies here. I would say mm. these were not terrible. Like this was nothing like the bad shows we've had to sit through. Oh yeah, They're like and this is I'm sure better than most of the dog shit that was on at the time too. You know, I but. don't know. By this point, there was a lot of cable and there were a lot of shows competing. Like I think this is where you start seeing the improvement in. Like uh, children's entertainment in general. I'm trying to remember what I was watching in 1999 and 2000. I don't know. Yeah. I almost knew you then, but not just yet. Not quite yet, no. Yeah. I I was still in high school. I was probably not watching a lot of TV and mostly wa- playing video games. But like when we were, you mean video games? Video games. Mm-hmm. That guy gets name checked this week. Um, Dick Grayson. Oh, he's the guy that likes video games. Don't worry about it. I put on his jacket and it's just just got the Game Boy cartridges just spilling out of every (laughs) possible pocket and sleeve. Oh, there's an entire year's worth of Nintendo power in here. (laughs) Oh, it says Super Mario 3 is the best game released in 1989. Who knew? Funny that. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, but no, by by ninety nine two thousand, I think like Cartoon Network had a lot of original programming that was quite good. I think mm, Nickelodeon but... had some good stuff. Like it wasn't just the networks anymore. Like when we were at the beginning of Batman, mm. where it was like you have three other networks to compete with, and a lot of them aren't even showing cartoons. Sure, but keep in mind we didn't have either of those stations. Okay, but I'm we talking didn't have about Nickelodeon like Nickelodeon or uh, I, uh, Cartoon Network. I'm talking about in America where like where this stuff aired because mm. that's relevant because like if the other guys making good shows you got to make good shows too mm. so you got to step up your game and you know eventually like everything gets a little better so mm. and a lot of that will trickle over the border to you that is true so i i think we're starting to get into that era is my point definitely by the mm. time we get to justice league like there is a lot of other good stuff on yeah but I think in 1999, I was probably watching Beasties. Ugh, that could be. <laughs> I don't know how half the name of my all-time favorite band makes me so sad. <laughs> and yet, it does. I just love those Beasties, boys. That's uh, The gorilla, the mouse. Uh-huh. Um, Optimus spider. Prime, the gorilla. Yep. E- excuse me, Optimus Primal. Ugh. Please. Why don't we instead talk about Batman Beyond? Sure. A show that uh, replaced a long-standing character with someone I didn't hate. Mm-hmm. Oh, I always hated Optimus Prime. What am I saying? <laughs> anyway, why don't I tell you about the winning edge? The edge from now on. Terry's busting up a gun-running operation involving the Jokers, and apparently one dude who thought he was joining the Penguins, also with a <laughs> Z. But none of this really has anything to do with anything. I think the episode may have just run a little short. Or maybe it's meant to show us how busy Terry is all the time and why he's falling asleep in class. I mean, he even slept through him and Dana getting back together, so you know the dude is zonked. In his defense, she drags him to school sports, an activity that's only interesting to people who play school sports and their parents. But it is a good way to introduce us to this episode's high-lie hooligans, and that's hooligans with a J, naturally, who are taking performance-enhancing steroids to win games and robbing Nintendo Game Boy boutiques downtown to support said drug habit. Naturally, this is a job for Batman, so Terry starts snooping around the locker room when he's confronted by what appears to be the He-Man villain Manny Faces, only he has scoops for hands. 
That's two scoops. This guy can make an entire box of Raisin Bran at you. <laughs> Look, we praised this show's original villain design, but I think this one needed a little more work, guys. Somehow Terry manages to make it out of there with some drug evidence that naturally falls out of his bag in front of his mom so he can have an awkward, uh, that's not mine, that was just in my bag, conversation with her. So now he's super grounded, but all that really means is that he can't see Dana, who broke up with him last week anyhow. He is still allowed to go see Bruce, who analyzes some of the drugs Terry's mom's the Terry's mom the narc didn't confiscate, <laughs> only to discover they came from gasp, Bane. This would have been a much cooler reveal if it wasn't setting Maggie up to do that hilarious voice again. Yes. Terry sneaks into the old Bane mansion. <laughs> Or possibly he drives the Batmobile to South America, which I'm pretty sure is where Bane is actually from, only to discover that Bane is actually a barely conscious lump of flesh because all of those drugs that he did. Then who could be selling this venom to the kids at school, he says out loud, and then Bane's weirdly bulked up and very veiny nurse punches him in the head. <laughs> I think I may have worked it out, says Terry. Then an interminably long fight sequence happens. Finally, the nurse is defeated, the drugs are taken <laughs> off the street, and Terry's mom is once again charmed by Bruce Wayne. No, see, Terrence was just holding those drugs for me. I need them for my glaucoma. And Mrs. McGinnis completely buys it because Bruce, despite his claims to the contrary, still very much knows his way around a mom. Mrs. McGinnis is the only person who still sees Bruce as idiot Bruce from the animated series. I could see that. I don't like know. Like the... Like he's the like she's the only one he turns it on for anymore. Well, that's she's the only one apart from Barbara Gordon, and we'll get into that in the next episode that he interacts with. Well, I was all. thinking about that, but he like he he made that appearance at uh, Wayne Powers last week. Yeah, but that's he's the boss. Grumping all over the place. He's you the know? boss there. That's different. This is like he's got those piercing blue eyes. Like mm -hmm. he could be a thousand years old. It doesn't matter. He's still a very handsome man. And I just I just picture him walking into the McGinnis apartment just like, hey there. Mm -hmm. And sh she's going, oh. <laughs> a handsome billionaire, you say. Like, okay, yeah, she's old enough to be his dad, but he's still a good-looking dude and still mm -hmm. very charming when he wants to be. <laughs> Sorry, Terry Gar, I just got here from the Gotham Yacht Show. Uh -huh. <laughs> They're hover yachts now. It's the future, you know. Also, all of them have been stolen for opening sequences of Batman Beyond episodes. <laughs> oh, no, and Superman. Like, <laughs> Metropolis yachts were uh, threatened a lot, too. <sighs> That's just the thing that they like in this universe. <laughs> yachts. Needs more yachts. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, hover yachts, like I said. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, um, this is sort of the return of another classic Batman villain, but uh, nice nice little... Actually, this is your good thing. This is my good thing. I, uh, I thought the misdirect with Bane was very good. Like, first of all, I think having the setup be, oh, shit, we're going to have to fight old Bane mm -hmm. uh, is very good, especially after we just had the Mr. Freeze episode. Yeah. And then he doesn't even have a line in the episode. Like, he is so completely out of it. No, he could just be a like, wax dummy. Like, he's yeah, nothing. Basically. He's just sitting in a chair waiting to die. Like, and I love that as his sort of ending for the character. Like, yeah. it's very fitting. Just like, yeah, he was the biggest guy ever. Um, he took a million drugs, which turned out to not be great for him. Huh. Uh, and now he's dying in a chair. Yeah. I don't know that he was, like, in this in this version of events, I don't know that he was the biggest guy ever. He he definitely gave Batman a run for his money a couple of times, mm -hmm. but he wasn't the guy who broke his back and nearly ended his life. Oh, like, no, I mean by biggest guy ever, I literally mean he was oh, the biggest yeah. guy that Batman hung out with. Okay, fair enough. Uh, just a huge dude. And I'm only saying that because Solomon Grundy never shows up on this show. Mm, he will, though. Oh, that's right. He's in jail. You Extensively, actually. Yeah. He will be the stand-in for the Hulk when they want to do a Defenders episode. That's true. Yeah. He's very good. No, I just, I love, I love Bane. Just, oh, I'm very old now. Mm -hmm. I can't do anything. Yeah, I noticed in your notes you had a whole, like, uh, old man Bane shtick. So uh, mm -hmm. I will, I will be the gracious co-host and take a sip while you, while you uh, indulge yourself. <clears throat> yes, I was born in darkness and I had to walk uphill both ways in the snow. Are you done? Back, back in my day, candy cost a nickel. I mean, that was true in my day as well. <laughs> Not oh. that old. Honestly, Bane's probably about the same age as you canonically. Oh, <laughs> I don't like to hear that. Not future Bane, like regular Bane. Okay, all right. 
but yeah, you're right. It was it was a good misdirect because yeah, it mm. felt like oh, I guess we're just bringing back and well, no, we're checking in on another old guy. But uh, yeah, no, he's he's uh, he's not around anymore. It's like if you just saw the Mister Freeze episode, which we just did. Yeah, it's like yeah, I guess they're doing this again. No, no, it's a good it's a good fake out. We only yeah. get a few of these guys, and this is one of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't. Hmm. <sighs> there is a. An episode that I'm always confused with an episode of the original series that may or may mm. not be Clayface. I honestly don't remember, and I can't be bothered to look it up. But that guy would make sense if he came back. Oh, totally. But I'm trying to think. I don't think there's a lot of other guys that do until the joke. I mean, I mentioned this before. I like that a lot of these guys just retired, you know? like Yeah, but they still should be looming large in the... Uh... It's sort of the legacy, even if they're not mm. like, even if they're not physically around. The fact that Terry's heard of Bane, like when when Bruce says yeah. it's Bane, he's like, "Oh shit, I know who that is." Yeah, because but like, he was a scary guy who uh, fucked shit up for a while, mm-hmm. you know. But like, I like that, like, like the Scarecrow's not around anymore. Mad mm-hmm. Hatter's not around. Like, because yeah. what would they do? Nothing. They'd get old and just retire, basically. Yeah, Mad Hatter's entire reason for existence was to stalk that one woman, and mm-hmm. if she got married or died, yeah, then what's he gonna do? Like, what's he gonna do? No. I guess I'll stalk some other woman then. Yeah. I guarantee that the Penguin moved to Florida. That could be. Uh, I did mention this, and I saw it in your notes as well, that just mm. the guy at the beginning with the Jokers had a top hat on. That was so funny are to you, me. Are, just... are you with the Penguins? What's your deal, man? <laughs> what's, um... What's the plan here exactly? Well, the Penguins gang broke up, alas. Mm-hmm. So uh, I figured I'd hang out with you guys. What with the Penguin and the Joker being best friends and all. <laughs> was that a thing? As far as you know, it was. Also, I, I noticed you uh, discovering Bruce Timm's uh, very narrow uh, vocal <laughs> range in this episode. Uh-huh. He plays the leader of the Jokers. Yep, he does, and he's basically just like, what did Mark sound like when he was doing the Joker's voice? Oh, that's right, this guy. Yeah, he's about as good as we are. Uh-huh. Which, but, I'd better fight Batman Beyond now. But that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to not sound good. I mean, that's the thing. It's perfect. Like, before I realized that Bruce Tim was doing it, I'm like, yeah, that's how I would have cast this guy, too. He'd be doing a, a Joker impression. Yeah. It doesn't matter that, I mean, Bruce Tim does a fine job. I don't, yeah. you know, he's not a... Like, he's not a guy you go to for, like, your big emotional roles, but for a throwaway role like that, he's fine. Yeah. Um, later, he will really find his his sort of groove when he plays the uh, the guy who looks more like the Scarecrow and sounds like, um, oh, God, what's his name? Christopher Walken. Oh, it's Walken. the Christopher Walken guy, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I always really liked that guy's voice in, uh, in uh, Return of the Joker. Yeah, that's Bruce Tim. Yeah. That is, that is a much better fit for him, I think. Yeah. Do a bad I Christopher gotta... Walken impression instead of a bad Mark Hamill yeah. impression. I gotta stop uh, Batman. Mm-hmm. But not Cal asking Bell him, not something. asking Bruce Wayne why he's dressed as Batman, because yeah. that would be weird. That would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. My good... Terry McGinnis, why are you dressed as Batman? <laughs> Beyond. My good thing. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about what a perfectly realized little asshole Matt McGinnis is. <laughs> that is on full is. display in this episode as he completely throws Terry under the bus for possibly using drugs mm-hmm. and mocking the fact that he has a girlfriend. Just an absolute little jerk. Mm-hmm. An incredibly accurate representation of a little brother. It is so good. It's perfect. Like, it is... It, yeah. Just like the some, kiss of a chef. Something, that is... something falls out of Terry's bag and he's struggling. Like, oh, oh better get it. And he's like, Mom, I think it's drugs. Oh, you, you little prick. You're in trouble. Yep. Mom, tell him that he's in trouble. Oh, he's so good. Uh-huh. And he's only we, in the episode for maybe a minute, but mm-hmm. that's all it takes. We we, we both have younger siblings, yeah. and yeah, nailed it. Yeah. No, I love my brother, but when he was mm-hmm. little, he was a fucking terror, just like every little brother is. Yes, yeah, exactly. <sighs> I'm telling. Like, And, you know, look, lots and lots of people have siblings. It's not a hard observation to make, but it usually gets watered down by the time you see it in a kid's mm-hmm. show. They don't want to make them that mean, you know? Yeah. And the show just unrelentingly says, no, of course, of course he would sell his brother out for something that he might have to go to jail for. Mm-hmm. <sighs> just... What do we say, Matt? We mm-hmm. don't narc on the family. Yep. Snitches get stitches. Mm-hmm. They will. This is a this is a slight spoiler. Uh, they'll do sort of the Flash Thompson thing with him a little later where he loves Batman. 
Oh yeah, that checks out. Yeah. I saw a little bit. There was a little bit of that in the last. Oh, in, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't remember. I think it might have come up before, but it, it definitely comes up again where he just he you know, like he just yeah. adores Batman and and hates Terry. Yeah, that's the uh, the terrific trio one. Oh, that's right. Where he's like, these guys suck, and uh, Terry's like, I'm gonna buy you a lot of ice cream. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do also like uh, Terry's mom. She doesn't have much to do in this one, mm-hmm. but uh, she she will later. And uh, as you say, Terry Gar does her voice. She's very yep. good. She is very good. Yep. Um. All right. Let's get into some bad things. You got you got a, a pretty big beef with this one. Yeah. So this whole episode is very 1990s war on drugs, and I watched a lot of 1990s war on drugs cartoons, so I'm very familiar with the genre. Um, it's certainly not. Uh, on the level of your, say, cartoon, cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, which is the gold standard for... Oh, the uh, worst cartoon drugs. ever made? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but it does have a character, uh, in this case, uh, Terry's mom going, why on earth would anyone ever take drugs? Like, she's so much Wesley Crusher. No, I gotta take issue with that. She doesn't say mm. that. What she said was, why would the coach look the other way while the kids were doing drugs? That's still very... Come on. Uh, it's a very mom thing to say. Mm. Grown-ups are supposed to be responsible. I, you know, I, I get that. And there was a lot of stuff in here like, yeah, you're not wrong. Also, I'm fortunate to not have grown up with a lot of that. Like, the, uh, that the phenomenon you're describing started a little bit when I was a kid in the 80s, mm-hmm. but it, you took the brunt of that. It, uh, I believe it was the Bush, uh, yeah. Bush years. I mean, there was definitely some of that during Reagan, though. Oh, yeah. Like, the say no to drugs thing. Like, it was it was in sitcoms a lot, because uh, yeah. I remember it being in, like, different strokes, and uh, it was another one. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But it came up a bit. But you guys you guys got it way more. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't remember, Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue opens with George Bush going, well, uh, that's not what George Bush sounds like. That's wrong. Oh, uh, fuck. Hang on. What's, uh, he sounds like Flanders. <laughs> he basically sounds like Flanders. Learn about how drugs can ruin your life. Yeah, there you go. And then talk to your parents about it, because this is not my problem. He's like, remember the really stupid George Bush? This this was like him, only smart. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, George W. Bush is going, do a whole lot of cocaine, huh, Dad? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, you're not wrong about any of that, but I will say it's better done than the examples that I have seen. Like, there, a lot of the situations are at least realistic in mm-hmm. that, like, you understand the kids' motives for taking drugs. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh. These are performance-enhancing drugs that will help mm-hmm. them at sports. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Whereas a lot of times in a in a kids show, they have to soften it so much. You're like, they're just taking some in, indistinct object called drugs. That was always one of the things I thought was hilarious about mm-hmm. that stuff because it would always be like a box with like pills. Yep. And like stuff, and maybe a needle if they really wanted to get into it. But they it. never show them using the needle. It was no, just it was in just, the paraphernalia. It was, yeah. It was just drugs. Yep. And it's like, you need to tell me what this is. If you're trying to warn me, mm-hmm. you need to tell me what it looks like and, like, what it what it smells like and, like, how to spot it. Yeah, and I mean, like, this is one of the things from when I was a kid. It's like there's a big leap between, you know, heroin and a joint. Well, there's also that. There's also, mm-hmm. but that's a, that's a whole, and that's steeped in racism. There's a whole uh-huh. thing about that because mm-hmm. I didn't know for years that weed was uh, primarily an African-American drug that was then very demonized until mm-hmm. white people started doing it, and then they started backing off. I, yep. Because I, all the people who smoked weed I knew were white, so I didn't yep, know that yep. was a thing. I was the same way, and uh, who knew? Well, you know who knew? Black people. Uh, y- yeah. And they tried to tell us, and we didn't listen. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, there's there's a reason that particular relatively harmless drug was depicted as being very harsh. It's mm-hmm. because a certain marginalized group that uh, people don't like are doing yep. it. So, hey, That's let's... That's a real good excuse to arrest these people. Sure is. And still mm-hmm. is to this day in some places. Uh-huh. And while you and I live in a place where... In places where you could just buy legally mm-hmm. at any corner drugstore. Yep. Or plutonium. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, I kind of um, want to get high with Doc Brown. <laughs> yeah. That sounds fun. Uh... I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. He's like, you think he got high when he hung the toi- the clock over his toilet, or you think he just did that? <sighs> it's so hard to tell with him. Yeah. You it know? It's just been a thing he wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, they never re- address why him and Marty are friends, and that was, like, 
a thing that I personally was always fine with, but mm-hmm. if it was because Marty was trying to buy pot off of him, I totally buy that. Oh, yeah, he's got a van. Mm-hmm. He's a sketchy old dude. He used to play Reverend Jim on Taxi. <laughs> it's the one time where you are where you get high with your drug dealer, and that's actually a fun time for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my bad thing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Bane fights are always the most boring of all boring fight sequences for me. Oh, I look, mean, this guy's bulking up and punching mm-hmm. Batman, and Batman is punching him, but nothing's happening, and now you can see his veins. Uh, mm-hmm. That was so boring. I believe the move where Batman punches a guy in the chest, mm-hmm. and it does and nothing it disappears happens. in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I know. Uh, I believe that happened twice in this episode. <laughs> yeah, and it happened every time Bane showed up before, mm-hmm. and it happened a few times when they wanted to show that Superman was outclassed by somebody, mm-hmm. and it's just a move they use a lot, and it's... Uh, mm-hmm. Bring something new. They did They did take a nice swipe at print media, <laughs> because the third, the third act set piece was at the old abandoned Gotham... What is it? Tribune? Herald? Yep. Uh, whatever it was. The the newspaper in Gotham that, you know, stopped printing ages ago because it's the future. Mm-hmm. The Gotham Herald, Kim? Y- yeah, that's the one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I found that, uh, like, uh, it's like I said with Superman. You can make an action sequence interesting to me, but you have to work really hard at it. Yeah. And this show mostly does, but mm-hmm. mm, they, they failed there. I, this really did just turn into a very generic... Batman fights a big guy thing, you know? Yeah, specifically Bane, only yeah. it's not even Bane. Yeah. Like, you know, I like Bane, but like, you know, I this is his uh, his nurse equivalent. Yeah. I mean, I liked I liked him in the animated series because I remember mm-hmm. saying, okay, I hated him in the comics, but he's okay here. I remember yeah. saying that, but that's the only time I've liked Bane. Otherwise, he yeah. was just a big, dumb, muscly guy. What's the point? Yeah. We got a bunch of those already. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um... There's a moment where in in early in the episode where Terry's stopping the high school kids who were uh, stealing stuff to support their drug habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're stealing like w- what I said in my summary was a Game Boy boutique because there's <laughs> these glass cases with just sort of generic electronics that look a lot like your first generation Game Boys. They sure did. Um, but ooh, uh, two colors. <laughs> ooh, they have this the truly, virtual boy. This truly is the future. <laughs> Back down to one color. <laughs> Unless black is a color. <laughs> Actually, come to think of it, the yeah. uh, display in the Batmobile really is just the Virtual Boy, isn't it? I mean, well, that's what we thought the future was going to be, just Virtual Boys all the way down. Mm-hmm. Bruce uh, repurposed them all, put them <laughs> to good use. Yeah, I'd like to buy all of your Virtual Boys. Okay, nobody yes, wants Yes, I them. said all of them. <laughs> but uh, there's, a, there's a point in that fight sequence where uh, the dude bulks up and throws something at Terry, throws a, it pulls like a little like satellite dish. It's like mm-hmm. the size of a dinner plate at Terry. It hits the wall and explodes like it's on Aqua Teens. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's in that dish? That's my favorite Aqua Teen joke. <laughs> yeah, just knocks something off the table <laughs> every time. Yeah, well, no, nobody gets it. <laughs> That's what Mason said. Mm-hmm. They also introduced a character named Chelsea in this. Who's she's uh, not much. Like she's just a girl yeah. that uh, Terry goes to high school with. But she'll be in the next episode. She'll she'll appear every now and then. Mm-hmm. She's the one that I thought Blade was a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And she gets a little more depth anyway. She has a few mm-hmm. things about her that isn't just Mean Girl, which is what. Amanda was complaining about. <laughs> uh, I like that with her and the appearance of Mace in this episode, uh, a trend of the future is that people are just named after medieval weaponry. Is a Mason a weapon? Um, no, Mace. His, oh, His name okay. is Mace, right? Well, no, it's Mason. Is it? And they oh. call him Mace for short. I'll see myself out. Mm-hmm. I, or, may, or maybe they named him after the Jedi anyway. Mm-hmm. Phantom Menace was big in 1999. Oh, yeah. And at that point, they were probably just watching the trailer and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be a cool character. Let's call somebody Mace. I mean, he, they were if they were anything like me going, wow, Sam Jackson in a Star Wars movie? This is going to be the best thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Sadly, it was. But that's not because the movie was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what else? Mm. Oh, I was going to mention somebody on the show had a real axe to grind against toxic masculinity. I don't mind. Yeah, that's fine. Like, it came up again from since the uh, Willie Watt episode. This is, yeah. uh, you got the coach basically telling these, you know, like, uh, does he call them girls? If he doesn't, he might as well. I didn't notice, but uh, it's entirely possible. 
it's definitely like he says his grandma can play better and all mm-hmm. the all the coach bullshit. Yep. I've been I'm I'm still very sick and watching uh, a lot of comfort food, which is uh, taking the form of Beavis and Butthead. Nice. So I'm confusing uh, uh, this coach with uh, which is a coach buzz cut. Oh, yeah. Beavis and Butthead. That guy. <laughs> So I might be I might be getting it a little wrong, but it's still that same vibe. It's still that same like, oh, it's really this guy's fault. Stop being such assholes to your kids. Yep. Which is and then good. he tries to and then he tries to kill Batman with a pair of scoops. <laughs> oh, he looked real dumb. I'll scoop you, but good, Batman. Like, yeah, that works out on the like I said before, I don't mind the zero G highlight as a future at least they built it on a real sport and didn't oh, just yeah. make something up. It's it's not bad. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really work as a villain outfit. <laughs> like that's our like they're really struggling to to put an extra action sequence in the middle here when he's sort of doing his detective work in in the second act, and they're like, uh, then he fights the coach. <laughs> now, how good would it be if this guy comes back in like season two, mm-hmm. exactly the same costume, is just in a warehouse going, soon I will steal all of Gotham City's diamonds <laughs> in my big scoops. Go, my children. I <laughs> Scoops mean, commands it. I mean, no less than Darkseid employed mm-hmm. the use of uh, children to do his bidding. Yeah, man, if it works for Darkseid, you know it's going to work for Scoops. It didn't work for Darkseid. <laughs> it was a bad idea then, and it's a bad idea now. <laughs> children aren't good criminals, man. I mean, well, this will come up in the next episode. <laughs> guys are really bad at stealing stuff yeah i should have employed talented people or at least (laughs) grown-ups no one will ever suspect these teenagers of wrongdoing i'm sorry have you never met an adult meeting a teenager before now what you want to do is get matt mcginnis to do it Mm -hmm. because that little asshole will do it and keep a big cut for himself and then rat you out to the cops okay no you really don't (laughs) i had to follow that one through No, he'll 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 steal for he'll he'll steal for you and then tell his parents that Terry did it. Yeah, yeah, probably that. Well no, his parent. His parent. His dad is dead. He'll go to his dad's grave and be like, Terry did it, Dad. Mm-hmm. Come back to life. Mm-hmm. And ground him. There's a there's a moment, and I, I sort of alluded to this in my summary, where um Bruce says I like supervillains I can handle, but moms mm-hmm. and like my immediate thought was, we mentioned this way, way back. I remember this is when uh, Jason was on the show. Mm-hmm. We're talking about how, like, Bruce hits on moms all the time. Oh, yeah. Or at least they have a thing for him. And, um, I, but I think what they meant there was his mom's dead, but they didn't mm-hmm. really follow through with that. Like, it felt like there was going to be a real sad sort of making him feel guilty moment, but mm-hmm. then then nothing came of it. <laughs> you know, that, the like, it, I think it was a meme for a while. My parents are dead. <laughs> This is where my parents died, Raphael. I don't know what that is. There's a bit from the uh, the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover ah. uh, that's been making the rounds where uh, Batman and Raphael are standing in Crime Alley, and Batman goes, this is where my parents died, Raphael. <laughs> and now Raphael let's go get goes, some Cowabunga! Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, my quote. Yes is uh some like i've honestly i've praised the uh the the future slang in this it's it's runs the gamut from not too bad to largely inoffensive but Mm -hmm. uh, i did not care for this during the actually during the uh exploding dish fight sequence i was talking about earlier Mm -hmm. where um mason says this Ah! i'm ripping not not the best i'm ripping could do without that Uh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Wait. You had a. Um... Oh yeah. I got an. Uh, <clears throat> I Go got a. Uh, in the future. In the future. Yes. Uh, report cards will be replaced with failure to perform files, which need to be scanned by parental units upon return to the student's domicile. Beep boop. I agree that it sounds awkward. However, mm-hmm. I think that's the like official name of the form, and I think this teacher is one of those teachers that just says, you know what I mean? Like, like when you when you get detention but the teacher would like read the thing that it actually says or it's oh like, yeah you just got a disciplinary demerit no dude no one's called it that since 1845 what are you talking about all i know is i kept expecting this guy to tell terry to go scroll up some cinemas 
I'm slamming. Wait, I already <laughs> forgot the line. I'm ripping. Of course. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, I think that's everything I got. Want to want to talk about Spellbound? I will tell us about Spellbound. <clears throat> uh, we open as one of Terry's classmates, Chelsea, whom my, my wife described as incredibly 90s hallucinating that she's on Legend of the Hidden Temple and stealing some MacGuffin from her father's study at the behest of a creep in a spiral jumpsuit. Spirals. This town is infested with spirals. Terry is suspicious, but Bruce tells him to leave the thinking to the world's greatest detective instead of the world's 7,387,975,546 greatest detective, a.k.a. Terry. That night, some dude at the Museum of Dresses from Breakfast at Tiffany's attempts to rob the place while hallucinating that he's fighting in one of the many wars America has had in the 50 years since Batman the Animated Series. Or possibly just the one war that we fought for 50 years. Terry shows up as the Spiral Guy, whom Bruce now, <clears throat> who, now who Bruce is now referring to as Spellbinder, which is, at the very least, a better supervillain name than Spiral Guy. <laughs> Spiral Guy convinces Terry that he's a cliff driver. Diver, excuse me. Terry almost dies falling off of a building, and then we get to see Terry's cool Under Armour deodorant. I mean, <laughs> Under Armour. <clears throat> Terry goes undercover at his friend's wedding to a really rich dude, and his friend's mom goes crazy, thinking she sees bugs everywhere. Terry manages to save the woman's life, but Spiral Guy gets away again. Back in high school, Terry gets invited to his, into his school therapist's office, who has heard that Terry is working for an actual billionaire, and 30 seconds later, Terry is attempting to rob Wayne Manor, convinced that he is on the future's most popular game show, Supermarket Sweep. I had hoped that we had moved beyond the need for supermarkets and also game shows in the future, but here we are. Bruce snaps Terry out of it by hitting him in the head, and then they both realize that Spiral Guy must be Terry's school therapist. How very Buffy. <laughs> Terry goes into Batman mode and heads out to fight Spiral Guy, who tricks him so many times before Terry finally knocks him off of a cliff. As Spiral Guy is arrested, Terry asks what could have brought him to this story state, and Spiral Guy says that he's sick of working an extra job in the summer and having to pay for his own goddamn school supplies. Yes, folks, the real criminal here is our underfunded public schools, and until we're willing to invest some real money into education, underpaid and desperate educators will be forced to become supervillains in order to pay for pencils and, I don't know, future books. This episode has been brought to you by me, Maggie, the daughter of a teacher. I don't think I knew your mom was a teacher. Oh yeah, for years. I, I mean, obviously, you don't just be a teacher for, mm -hmm. like, a day. Yeah, like, she, uh, I think she just retired, like, wow, last couple of years. I don't think I knew that. Mm. Now, I don't think I knew your mom was a supervillain either, actually. I Neither did I up until a couple of years ago when, uh, it turns <laughs> out. When she and Jesse Pinkman rolled out the RV. Well, <laughs> <sighs> wasn't a supervillain. He was just a regular villain. Mm-hmm. It's, no, I don't know. The exploding meth. It's pretty good. He if he had a costume, fuck, he has a costume. I oh, just realized. Oh, and and the fucking uh, the the machine gun like uh, mechanism he sets up in the finale. Oh yeah, that is super villain shit right there. Come mm -hmm. on. No, I said forever that uh, that that show was like a low key like uh, Marvel supervillain origin. Yeah, you're not wrong. Speaking of Marvel supervillains, actually, mm -hmm. did you catch? And I didn't see this in the wiki. I'm surprised they didn't call this out. That this is pretty obviously this show's version of Mysterio. I did not, but you are absolutely correct. Like, just, you gotta stay on that Spider-Man vibe because there's always something. Yeah, that didn't occur to me, but you're right. Yeah, this is just Mysterio. I mean, mm -hmm. different costume, but, uh, you know, same basic idea. Yep. He's even got the, like, he's got the fishbowl, but he carries it in his, you know, in his hands instead of wearing it on his head. And it's yeah, an exactly. eyeball, but it's still Look the same. Look at this eyeball. I'm like, oh, that's where the eyeball from the opening credits is from. Okay. Mm -hmm. Also, he rides around. Eyeball. Also, he rides around on something that looks a bit like an eyeball with a hook on it. Yeah, I was like, is that supposed to be like a bee? Is he riding around on a big bee? I don't know what it is. I liked it. I, I also liked weird. it a lot, but uh... it's very like I like when their future design gets sort of minimal and mm -hmm. almost surreal. Like that couldn't exist in the real world, only in a cartoon, but it looks really neat. Well, and. I mean, his whole costume kind of rules, too, actually. Doesn't he look like the protagonist of some Vertigo series in the 90s that I can't quite place? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking... Like, Yeah, don't you don't know a specific one either, specifically what you mean, but, yeah. like, yeah. That guy was in a Vertigo comic, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think in a Rorschach? It's kind of a Rorschach look, no. but spiral instead of spots. No, it definitely... I Come on, I know Rorschach. <laughs> I don't... I'm not that you comics know, dumb. You know Rorschach from school. <laughs> He's from that prison. weird creep. He's, you're not stuck in school with him. He's stuck in school with you. <laughs> Wait, no. Strike that reverse. Hang on. 
<sighs> but yeah, he's he's definitely got like a Mysterio thing. I don't know if he comes back or not. Yeah. Like, given that he's the school psychologist, probably not. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, you're going to have to really contrive a reason to, to get this guy back. <laughs> but not a bad, like, not a bad addition. You know, once again, I think every week, every pair, we've gotten a new original supervillain. Oh, so yeah. We've got, we got like four of them now. I also, this dude is absolutely carrying on the tradition of uh, of Gotham City where no therapist is a good person. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not the best. Uh, that's not the best message to send. No kidding. But we're talking about uh, we're talking about a franchise where the worst place in the world is an asylum. Well, and we you talked know, about you're this. Supposed to help people. We talked about this last week. We're we're pretty sure they shut that place down. Mm-hmm. Bruce, the place Bruce was in when they thought he was crazy for a minute wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. It was just a hospital. That that nurse did not like deserve the abuse that he gave her. No, no one does. Yeah, uh, but speaking of the school psychologist, this is my bad thing. Mm-hmm. It is awfully easy for Terry to eavesdrop. Like when um, Barbara and and one of her unnamed cops come mm-hmm. to the school to just to uh, find out what's going on. Uh, she goes in and talks to him and closes the door. And Terry just opens the door and listens the whole time. Like that should be the hardest place in the school to like like he should have had to use his batman shit i was gonna say like i was expecting him to do the cool thing with the fingers again yeah no he's just standing there listening like any kid could do and yeah that's not great it's like we really don't need you know to to leak the various children at this school's mental problems like because you know how you know how forgiving and kind children are (laughs) children can be so cruel we can can? yay oh Yeah, no, it's, I, like, I just thought it was a, I, I know they needed it to move the story along, but like you said, he's got tech that can do that. Mm-hmm. They could very, he could have just run to his locker, grabbed, like, the, the gloves from the suit and put it up against the door. Yeah. Like, that's all it would have taken. Or, I mean, just have it on him. Like, it's, like, it's real easy, you know? Yeah. Instead, he just stands there like anybody. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, I, I didn't love that. Uh, what's your bad thing? Ah. Uh... I know Terry's kind of dumb sometimes, um, but he cannot seem to understand that Spellbinder keeps hypnotizing him. I mean, you know how mind control works, right? You don't know you're being mind controlled. It's just very funny to me that, that like, the fourth or fifth time he's like, oh, don't worry, Bruce, I got it, I figured it out, and then he tricks him again. See, I watched for this because you, you put that in there before I started, and it only happens twice. It doesn't actually happen that often. Well, damn. <laughs> I mean, if it bothered you, it bothered you. I understand. It's just like it's like Terry. You know what this guy's what this guy's deal is. Uh, oh, I, I don't see him anywhere. He I must mean, be gone. He Sweetie, doesn't, he doesn't have like the the sheer mental willpower that Bruce Wayne has. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he can't resist it. He's being tricked. <laughs> I what I like is that illustrates the extra advantage that he has having Bruce in his head, mm-hmm. like. Like, Bruce can see through the eyes of the suit, so he's like, dude, you're fighting nothing. Knock it off. Yeah, like I, I, I like that as an illustration of the advantage. It's not just Bruce giving him tactical mm-hmm. stuff. It's There's more to it than that, and I like that. Stop punching the air, you little bird. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, well, my dad got murdered. That's something. Oh, yeah, bring that up again. La-dee-da. Mm-hmm. All our dads are murdered. Yeah, but your dad was murdered like a century ago. My dad was murdered like yesterday. <laughs> Your dad was murdered a century ago, and you're still really mad about it. Yeah, remember we had a whole conversation where you're just like, like, there's a whole, like, six-block radius of the mm-hmm. city that they refuse to fix up because your dad got murdered. Fucking yep. knock it off, man. Ah, uh, yes, the old Wayne district. Mm-hmm. Every building in a five-block radius can never be torn down because it was near the Waynes when they got shot. Yeah, but, uh, but never rebuild them either. Just, mm-hmm. just leave them to rot. Yep. That's that's healthy for any city. Thanks, Bruce. <laughs> Thruce. <laughs> uh, what was your good thing? Ah, there are some very effective transfers from the fantasy to the reality in this episode. Well, there's um, some good. Uh, for, let's we'll get into that in a sec. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the fantasy imagery specifically before we talk about sort of like the way it goes yeah. back and forth because there's some really cool stuff. There's some good stuff here. Uh, so we open with uh, Chelsea who thinks she's in like a like a I call Raiders it the, of the Lost Ark, Legend of the Hidden Temple. But yeah, it's it's basically Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, and then, but, yeah, the du- the one dude thinks he's in uh, Vietnam. Yep. 
it's very clearly Vietnam. They do a good job of, they put sort of shadows on the faces of the bad guys so they mm-hmm. don't have to draw Viet Cong or like, you know, vaguely racist caricatures yeah, that exactly. inevitably come from drawing the Viet Cong. Like this just, these sort of faceless, almost like guys mm-hmm. in the jungle. And the, the, the helicopters they had there are the helicopters I used to work on years ago that they oh, used no in Vietnam. So it's like a, well, like they, the attention to detail made it very mm-hmm. clear. That's Vietnam, which means this guy must be very old. Well, it's like, it's, you know, it's the thing that the show does where it's the future, but it's also like, it's, yeah, it's this, it's the same amount of years from whenever this stuff happened that it is right. when this is actually happening. You know, no, we have, we have some relative dates. Like I believe this is 50 years after the animated series, mm-hmm. but we never knew when that was. So yeah. yeah, you're right. Who knows when that is? That's a good it's point. Like, like it's the future, but it's also 1999. Mm-hmm. But um, then we have uh, the, and I forgot the kid's name, and I don't even think his mom got named, but the, the bride at the wedding. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, who sees some really fantastic, like, uh, sort of uh, horror-style insects and just, like, crawly things, like, stuff that must have really been uh, this is some your great, jam. Oh, this is some great gross bug crap going on. Yeah. And like, I love there. There's a bit where Terry tries to grab her from falling off a like a. a oh my god, that is such a that's such a visceral moment. Like I talked about last last episode, kind of not being impressed with the mm-hmm. action sequences. That woman trying to jump off the building and Terry saving her was yeah. animated so well. I like mm-hmm. I like jumped a couple of times. Well, and there's there's a bit that I really like where like she thinks she's like caught in like a wet like a spider web, mm-hmm. and like she's tearing away at it, and you're just she's just tearing at her dress that Terry's desperately yeah. trying to. Yeah, it's a fa- it's a it's a long fancy wedding dress, so mm-hmm. it's got a lot of fabric, so she's got a lot to tear at. Yeah, it, it's really good. Yeah, and then. Uh, she snaps back into reality and sees Batman carrier, and she's no less horrified. Yes, yeah, I, I also really like that too. Where it's like, this is not better. No, I'm a thousand stories up, being flown around by someone dressed like a bat, <laughs> like that guy we all thought was dead from fifty years ago. <laughs> but that sort of takes us into the, the transitioning between the two things, which is your good thing. Yeah. So, um, I really liked how they sort of did the the transition between the two. There's mm-hmm. a bit uh, where uh, Chelsea's passing through a door, mm-hmm. and like she goes through the door in her house and comes out the door in a temple or whatever. Right. And it looks really cool. The best one though is there's a shot of the guy who thinks he's in uh, in the war, and mm-hmm. he ducks behind a uh, desk. And throws a mug thinking it's a grenade. And when the grenade hits the ground, it shatters and then explodes. Yep. And it looks awesome. Yep. No, it's a very good... Like, we sat through Star Trek Voyager. We have seen some bullshit fantasy se- sequences. Like, Boy, howdy, we sure have. It is It is real easy to make those sort of phoned-in, boring, whatever. But they really went the extra mile. Mm-hmm. And, and, like... This could have translated into live action is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's it's not necessarily because it's a cartoon. It's more in the editing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's very good. And then, yeah, the the aesthetic, like each person's fantasy world looks a little different, too. Yeah. It doesn't all look the same. Uh, I would say Terry's were a little skimpy, though. Yeah. Like, he was jumping from a waterfall. That was fine. Mm-hmm. And then he was on some kind of game show, and that was fine. But, I like, mean, yeah. Everybody else's looked really lavish and well thought out and his were just sort of an afterthought i mean i i I thought it was extremely funny that his fantasy is to be on supermarket sweep is that a thing i don't i'm not familiar with that that was a game show from like the 70s i think where you had to like run through a supermarket like collecting as much stuff as you could fit into a shopping cart have you ever seen this there were only two game shows in the 70s and that is uh match game and the gong show sure (laughs) there were no other game shows (laughs) But no, like, I, I definitely remember watching this and watching it now and going, really? Supermarket Sweep? Mm-hmm. Of all things? I don't know. They just, they, they, like, they needed a reason for him to grab up a bunch of stuff at Bruce's mm-hmm. house. I get it. And maybe he watched it ironically. It's the future. And, <laughs> you know, Terry's probably a little bit of a, like, hipster asshole. I mean, we absolutely were doing that in 1999. Yeah. But let's be clear. My love of Match Game is uh, not ironic in any way. Well, it's, no, Match Game amazing. is a good show. Yes. I don't know that I'd go that far. All right. Match Game is a fun show. Yeah, that's true. Um, And a fun, hey, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know him from anything, but Spellbinder is played by the very aptly named John Cypher, C-Y-P-H-E-R. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
That's got to be like a like a, a pen name or something. I right? don't think so. Wow. Um, he's mostly known for stage. Like if Brian was on, we'd get mm. five minutes from Brian about all the plays he's been in because he's a he's a big Broadway guy, I guess. But um, no, he's I, like I he hasn't been in a ton of TV and movies, so I don't know him. But great name. John Cipher is the name uh, that uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger would have in a movie from 19, uh, 1994. Yep, sure is. I'm John Cipher, a real American person. What was it, John Matrix that it actually he actually yep. played in once yep. on movie? Uh, John Matrix was Commando, I believe. Oh, just so bad. It's a real name that the real person has. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is, we, we mentioned this briefly when we were talking about the other episode, but... Um, Terry puts on a uh, a jacket mm-hmm. that has the initials DG in it. Oh yeah, which a yeah, nice little nice little nod. And actually, yeah. this kind of ties into your quote. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Go ahead. This is uh, uh, Terry talking to Bruce about uh, uh, you know his past. Leave it alone. She's just a troubled kid lashing out at daddy. Nothing for you to get involved with. Guess you're the expert on troubled kids. You collect them, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got a good point. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And actually, all of that sort of comes to a head at the very end, which is my good thing. Yep. So uh, Barbara, like I said before, showed up at the school, you know. But uh, since this last incident happened at Wayne Manor, she got dragged out there when the cops came. hmm And she's just sort of sizing up the situation. She asks Terry a question. So you're working for Bruce now, huh? Mm-hmm. You're... Uh, what was his name? Warren. You're Warren McGinnis's kid, huh? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she gives Bruce this look. Yeah. And I, I actually posted this on my on my Twitter uh, because I just, I, I had to get a screenshot of it. It's so good. Just this glare. Oh, yeah. She, like, narrows her eyes and she's like, you're doing it again, aren't you, she, you she motherfucker? Knows, she knows exactly what is happening. Well, there's a new Batman. Yeah. There's a kid uh, uh, and a very sort of athletic not stupid, like we joke, but he's not yeah. stupid. Kid hanging out with Bruce a lot, mm-hmm. whose whose dad was recently murdered. Hmm. Mm. Uh huh. And look, she's a detective anyway. Yeah. She would have figured it out without that many clues, but fucking everybody in the world except Dana could figure this one out. Mm-hmm. Dana will never figure it out. <laughs> Poor dumb Dana. Are Batman? Are Batman and Terry brothers? <laughs> no, stupid! I'm his brother. Mm-hmm. Kicks him. Is Matt McGinnis Batman? <laughs> Dumb Dana is so stupid. Back to match game. <laughs> but yeah, just that is how the episode ends. Is Barbara just giving that look and mm-hmm. walking away? And it feels a little abrupt until you realize, wait, the show is doing more than we've seen before, doing a little bit of serialized storytelling. Mm-hmm. This is not going to go away. No. She's not happy and this is going to come up again. Yeah. I, like I love that, that a lot. Yeah. No, and I've said many times... The show took a lot from Buffy, and mm-hmm. one of the things it took is, oh, people do have the patience for stories that unfold over a whole season. Mm-hmm. So we can we can start dropping hints about this and that. We can we can give you like Blight's origin in the mm-hmm. in the pilot, but probably not pay it off till the finale. We could you know, and this Barbara thing is gonna come up again. Yeah, I love that. It's um, very good. Yeah. What else? Uh, what else? Uh. Oh, uh, uh, Bruce at one point says something like, um, he's got the ability to uh, control people's minds. He's mm-hmm. very deadly. And I'm just thinking, okay, but so did the Mad Hatter. Yeah, that he guy was not an issue. I would not use the word deadly to describe Jervis Tetch. <clears throat> oh, Batman, I'm going to defeat you this time. Oh, I can't believe you punched me in the face. <laughs> hmm. Well, back to prison I go. Maybe I'll read more than this one book. No, you no. won't. No, I won't. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, two books. They were they were two Alice books. Anybody anybody here ever read Alice's Adventures in Wonderland? <sighs> oh, this guy again. You're talking about that again. <sighs> Can you're I no drown better. him? Seriously, the reservoir's right over there. You're no better, Joker. You're just reading Infinite Jest again. <laughs> I mean, they did that joke on the Harley show. Mm-hmm. It's, it's extremely good. funny to me. Yep. Uh, what else? Ah, what else? Oh, oh. So your quote happens, mm-hmm. and then some time passes, and then Terry's right, 
And he gives Bruce a great, told you so. Yep. Yep. You told me this wasn't my problem. It is my problem, old man. Uh Uh-huh. I I kind of like Bruce just like, well, this kid is stupid. He's like, he's not, you know. No, he's just not as, we said this before, he's just not as smart as Bruce. Who is? Look, if I haven't figured out that this is a problem, you certainly can't. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what? Barbara might be just as smart as Bruce. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it. Like, oh, yeah. She's uh, she's Jim Gordon's daughter. She trained under Batman. Mm-hmm. She she probably knows what's what. Yeah. But, like, you know, this is one of the things about Bruce. Like, he always thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Of course he does. And if he isn't, he will train to be. Yeah. Uh, What else? I don't have a whole lot else here. Oh, there's a... So, near the end, when we're having the, the last fight there, mm. where, you, where you said Terry got... Uh, uh, fooled a little too much for your mm-hmm. uh, for your comfort. Uh, there's a bit where it's sort of like dead people are coming out of the ground. Oh yeah, and it just it felt like that bit in Venture Brothers where all the henchmen who were killed on the Venture compound came back. Oh to life. yeah, but like I just was thinking there probably are a lot of dead people out in front of the gates of Wayne Manor, like mm-hmm. people who have tried to you know rob Bruce over the years or whatever. I mean, it's occasionally you'll see like the Wayne family cemetery in the backyard. So no, no, I don't mean that. I don't mean <laughs> actual Waynes who were brought here to be interred properly. I mean criminals who didn't make it as far as the gate. Yeah, we saw one of those fights in the first episode. Nobody mm-hmm. died, but th- those fights probably happen a lot. Well, and I, I one of the things I like from the comic is uh, Bruce hates uh, Bruce hates guns. Mm-hmm. Alfred has no such problem with them. No, if Alfred is former MI5 around. or whatever. Because yeah. Alfred uh, is not as good at winning fights. Yeah. And he's got spy training. Mm-hmm. Why, how, why would he ignore the years he had, you know, like, expert training to shoot someone from seven miles away? Yeah. Alfred, did I just hear a gunshot out front? No, sir, you did not. Well, all right. You would know. Mm-hmm. You definitely didn't find any casings. Either. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to borrow this shovel. That's the um, bat shovel. I'm aware of what it is. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Uh, that's everything I got. Yep. Same. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's all for this time. Mm-hmm. Next time, because we're trying to keep the seasons sort of together, we'll be doing three episodes. Ah. Since they're like 13 episode seasons, it's just it's just easier this mm. way. Uh, so we will be doing Disappearing Ink, which I'm going to guess is the return of Ink, since mm-hmm. it's got the name Ink in there I mean, it's, it's Disappearing Ink, so it's entirely possible that she doesn't show up. Ah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. A Touch of Curari and Ascension. Mm. And uh, our friend Bob will be joining oh, us. Oh, excellent. Those, so uh, look forward to that. Uh, as ever, the website is kidslovebatman.com. If you want to write to us, it is kidslovebatmanpodcast at Gmail. I am on Twitter at Algar. I'm Maggie Robots. And we will be back next week. Yeah, see you, folks. Twala dregs. Mm. I'm ripping. <laughs> For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt. Copyright 2021, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.